0: All right, we are back for episode sixteen of Clinch Perfect, joined by Tom as always. How are you doing, mate?
1: Hello, hello, hello. I'm good. I'm I'm kinda glad we ditched the uh, dreadful United game and <laughs> to talk about some fights. Can't wait. Yeah.
0: We uh we said we would um we would record at the end of the United Villarreal match for any for any football fans out there, but um that's gone to extra time and we've sacked it off because it was terrible. <laughs> so couldn't watch another 30 <laughs> minutes of that. Um if, if United concede, I'm going to get a little bit excited in the middle of this because, you know, who doesn't like seeing United lose? Um,
1: busy week, mate? Very busy. Very, very busy. Packed full of interviews and some of the maddest shit that's ever happened in my life. But it's all exciting. It's all positive. Getting up on, the I'm early hours you morning. into this. Come on, I know what you yeah, want to talk rolling about out really. of bed, <laughs> you know, get a message from some lovely PR lady saying, do you want to interview Anderson Silva? And I go, well, apps are bloody lootly. Oh, I can't even tell you. The guy is just, He's class. He's just a a complete and utter gentleman. And his knowledge of the game, I mean, obviously is second to none, but he went into such detail about how he's so passionate about fighting and reeled off like his boxing heroes, like Sugar Ray Leonard. He, He said he used to model his striking game on Sugar Ray Leonard and all this kind of stuff. Um, full interview coming out on friday so i don't want to like blow my load too soon i can see but... the man crush in your eyes as you're talking <laughs>
0: for the listeners i've i've had like four different screenshots of tom's zoom calls with anderson silver over the last few days like oh look it's anderson silver again i spoke to him again <laughs> i mean it is pretty exciting
1: yeah. but you may be going a bit overboard there <laughs> yeah i don't i went downstairs and my family were like are you literally riding like an adrenaline. Like, what have you been taking? You're on like such a buzz, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm just the hours t- silver.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Enough said. um And the interview for Chavez Junior today completely changed my mind on the bloke. As i I messaged Ben afterwards, being like, yeah, I thought he'd be a massive bell end, but you know, what? he's like, he's actually not. He's quite sound. He's quite a normal, normal guy. Um, I'm sure you'll love to tune surprised. into this
0: podcast and hear that you expected him to be a huge bell end mate, but-, <laughs> 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 but he's turned around. Anyway, shall we get into some uh, we've got loads of news lined up to talk about today in the MMA world because uh, obviously there's no event this coming weekend, so we gotta we gotta fill airtime somehow. Um next week we're gonna review our our um 2021 UFC predictions that we did at the start of the year obviously it's a six-month point halfway point now next week so um yeah we'll do that next week but this week, we're going to look back at the at the Font Garbrandt card you know I'm going to be real smug about Rob Font (laughs) who I did pick in those predictions to be the bantamweight champ um but some some plenty of big matchmaking news to go through first uh Tatiana Suarez since we last spoke uh said that she's coming back and going up to flyweight so we thought we'd have a little fun, pick our next matchup for her, and you've been buzzing about yours, even though I don't know who it is. So you know, come on, let it rip! Uh,
1: uh, before I, before I get started, let's just, let's, I'm just going to go with the caveat that I still think she'll compete at strawweight. I, I, I don't think she's done. I think I think she'll have a, a bit of a dabbling flyweight and then decide that strawweight's best for. her. Please, Tatiana, you're you're, you're my only hope. Um, no, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go straight in there. Jessica I, that's that's the one. I, I just want to see that fight. Just purely you just want to Jessica see Jessica I lose. I just yeah, I literally want to see you get ragdolled. I'll be honest. (laughs) We all do. We all do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just and stylistically as well. I mean, Jessica has got okay wrestling. I wouldn't say it's like particularly great, but and I I think I think she's got a good litmus test, obviously, because she's fought Valentina. She's fought, um, well, I can't remember her name. Oh my god, what is her name? Soccer mom. Uh, Trishia. Shukage. there we go mind blank um yeah as soon as you said soccer
0: mom, i knew who you were talking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> couldn't think of it yeah i i, I think just because the fact that she's fought like all the top dogs it, it would kind of be the best litmus test because as much as everyone likes to shit on jessica rye she's quite well-rounded maybe not quite a, a, a top caliber level but she has decent wrestling she has decent striking so yeah. well That's just how well she is
0: you'll have to subscribe to her only fans to find out um, I've gone a little lower Put down the 1,
1: rankings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not subscribed. I'm not gonna. I'm not a judge of you, you are. That's me, where but all the talk, bitcoin money is. You're talking got. about how well-rounded she is. Um, <laughs> I've gone a little lower down the rankings, and this probably would never happen. Like I said, because it's too far down the rankings. I think she's like 13. But just stylistically, this would be a fuck fight, Miranda Maverick. And I feel like, as much as the UFC wouldn't want Tatiana to lose, they would want her to have a triumphant return. It would be a great build for Miranda Maverick if she were somehow to win that fight. Like all of a sudden her stock is skyrocketing and she's clearly one that they do want to build up. So I think she's a little low in the rankings. It probably wouldn't happen, but that would be a super fun fight. It would kind of be like a um, a ladies version of the Gillespie versus Carlos Diego ferrera fight. Just mad scrambles. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and whoever ends up on top and least gassed could win.
1: Let's backtrack a second. Are you dare suggesting that Miranda Maverick's going to beat
0: Macy Barber? Oh God, Macy Barber's future champ. Obviously, no. Um, I, I, I must okay. have missed that. Well.
1: Yeah, that's true. The winner of that um, fight would be great fun. But I after, forgot. After I that... actually
0: forgot she was booked against Macy Barber. That's that's how relevant Macy Barber's becoming in the in my <laughs> mind to uh to that division. Um. Yeah, but th- there was a card I really wanted to talk about as well before we um, before we review the font, Garbrandt card, and that's the July 24 fight night card because um, obviously we're going to be talking about the Bantamweight today. Sanhagen, Dillashaw's been added as a main event to that card, and that card Phenomenal is absolutely fight. stacked. Um, Adrian Yanez is fighting Randy Costa, Rafael Assunciao, Kyla Phillips, and now just, oh, I think today or this week sometime, um, Fluffy Hernandez is out of his fight against Puna Soriano, and so Brendan Allen is going to step in there, and that's fun as fuck as well. It may not be quite as fun banger. as Fluffy Hernandez was, but um, you know Brendan Allen's always down, down to bang. So, um, yeah, what fight are you most looking forward to out of those?
1: The main event. Purely just, I, I kind of want to see what shape the non-PED using Dilla Shaw is in. I, I, I want to see how he's adjusting. Well, he could to... still be
0: using them, just found smarter ones that don't show up on the tests. <laughs> let's yeah, not, one, let's not assume he's not the using them.
1: <laughs> ones that don't involve sticking a massive needle up, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think I'm just intrigued by that matchup because obviously there's like the history to it. We know how well Dillashaw does against his old teammates, right? But we've seen Sandhagen completely smoke good old Frankie Edgar, so I, I, yeah, that for me. But the, the ones you've just reeled off are ridiculous. I, I again, it's such I feel an like, insane
0: card. It could honestly uh, be a pay per view with one more big fight on it.
1: I would argue it is pay per view already because of. Dillashaw alone I feel like he's a big enough draw although he hasn't fought in two years to kind of carry that card but maybe it's the fact that he's coming off a ban that they're just like oh we don't want to like slap a paper view on it well at least for UK fans um, but yeah it's just absolute killers on there like as should I always as Kyler Phillips I feel like that's flying under the radar that's probably ones that people are sleeping on the most but Kyler Phillips has looked phenomenal like some of the stuff he was pulling off against um, Song Yu Dong. crazy 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 guy and again, really, really exciting matchup, but is it Soriano who's stepping in on short notice, or is it Brandon Allen? No,
0: Soriano was set to fight um, Fluffy Hernandez, and Hernandez is out, so Brendan Allen's stepping in after that heel hook win in his last fight. Was that against uh, Carl Robertson?
1: That's a really tough fight. I mean, I, I I feel like correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen too much of Soriano's like wrestling. But no, no not at trained- all.
0: Before that, he fought um, before his last one against Dusko. he fought Pachota, Oscar Pachota, and I don't think I can't remember too much of that fight, but I don't think they grappled much. Um But then if
1: you I don't know if you've seen any of um Francis's training as in Garnu's, but mm. Randy Couture was telling me that like Puna is basically his, like, number one sparring partner, so in terms of wrestling Well, he's
0: as hench as a heavyweight, he's just shorter so, um, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me that much The guy's an absolute- but Mike beast. Tyson of the middleweight division Yeah, that's such a tricky fight to predict as well because, I like Brendan Allen, he's a fun fighter, and like I said, he always brings it, but he is quite chinny, like, he got sparked out by a Sean Strickland jab, and Strickland's another guy I'm a big fan of, he's technically very sound, but he's not, like, you know one-punch knockout kind of guy, so um, you know, getting sparked out by him and that's not a not a great look when you're going against Soriano, who literally who, has that death touch power that that you know that we love. Um, but then again, which we like saw you say, We don't know what if the we, hell's going to as like a prospect. Yeah, yeah. If if Allen gets him down, I, I don't know. Like maybe Soriano has that Derek Lewis just stand up shit that you know he looks like the type of guy that's strong enough to do that. But we've not seen like you say enough of his grappling to even pass judgment on it really without delving deeper into his uh his pre-ufc fight so yeah that's interesting that, that might be one of those where i bet on both fighters in in different with different prop bets because i do this sometimes when you get a fight like this you bet um soriano round one ko and alan a round three sub and then chances are one of them's gonna win <laughs> chances are one of those is gonna get get there for you so um yeah that that card i mean vs costa as well like two absolutely sick prospects costa coming off that that head kick knockout in his last fight and they've got the uh the cute little war of the treats thing i don't know if you've seen that i know you're oh, not yeah. regularly on twitter but uh, Weird. i hope i don't get this the wrong way around but i think costa is a reese's pieces fan and yanez is something else i don't i don't remember i think reese's pieces are shit not gonna lie um <laughs> 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 moving on um, like, that um <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's our first sponsor out the window um Kevin Lee is moving up to welterweight to fight to fight Your Sean boy. Brady um, at UFC 264. You know I love Kevin Lee. I, I I have to support all the all the Michigan fighters. I used to live there. So um, Motown Phenom moving up to welterweight. Um, that's a like, again a really interesting fight. It's kind of similar to the a Sunshine of Kyle Phillips fight, isn't it? In terms of a veteran that is in need of a win and an up and comer who they'd you know the UFC would love to build off the hype of, of you know taking this scalp. Um, how do you see that Statistically one?
1: Stylistically as well, we've kind of seen. Sean Brady fight a very similar fighter to Kevin Lee in his last fight. Like Jake Matthews implements a wrestling heavy game plan, quite like quite a strong stance on the feet. And Sean Brady kind of like smashed him around, dominated him for like however many rounds. So yeah, I th- that's a massive leap for Kevin Lee. Like, uh, I mean... Kevin Lee's one of those g- that
0: would really benefit from that That you know, weight class in between those two, isn't it? What were are they talking about? Like yeah. one sixty five or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's the Kevin Lee would benefit more than anyone else from that. He's like a little just bit too. I wonder if will be
1: too small. Oh yeah, as you say, I wonder if he'll be too small for because Brady Brady's not necessarily big, but he's really really strong. Like, I think it was Felder who was saying he's like when he was grappling with him, like
0: on his debut. Yeah, um, I remember Felder was commentating. People were just talking about him being too biased because, like you <laughs> say, he's his training partner, and he was just going on and on about how Lutz an absolute monster he is on the ground. Like his top position is just so strong, you literally can't do anything. So, like you say, yeah, it it's a tough fight. But he's also been a, Lee's been away for so long. You have to wonder maybe the whole time he's been planning and building for welterweight. So maybe we he, he will training. look at
1: natural there. Has he been training at Tristar, start you know? Uh,
0: I don't know, to be honest. He's been getting shitty tattoos for most of the time, I think. So.
1: I forgot. I actually forgot he's got that one on the back of his head, hasn't he? We'll have to see that as well.
0: Hopefully, he's got hair, so we don't have to look at that. Um, but like I said, I'm a Kevin <laughs> Lee fan, so as much as I do like Sean Brady as a prospect, I'll, I'll be picking Kevin Lee to win that, um, you know, Michigan represent. Um, another absolute banger got announced last week, Jose Aldo against Pedro Munoz, UFC 265 in August. And uh, Sean Strickland versus Raya Hall also on that card. I think that's a very winnable fight for Sean Strickland, first of all. But obviously Aldo versus Muñez—that's that's the fight people are going to be talking about, no matter what else is on that pay per view.
1: Yeah, quite literally the battle of Young Punisher versus Junior himself. Oh, I can't wait. Every every Jose Aldo fight, like for me, it's just a walkout. Like it's just so full of energy, so pumped. Um, and he, well, he battered Ovira, who were both really high on. Yeah, so if if he, if he pieces together a bit of a run, and I'm I'm not saying Munoz is necessarily an easy fight for him, but I feel like if Aldo goes back to the leg kicks, he could cause Munoz problems. Um, like I, I feel like that's probably his best advantage. But if he puts together a run, like he could put himself right back in this bantam. Like imagining Rob Fontless as Jose Aldo, like just, as long I mean, as we
0: don't have to watch Aldo versus Jan again because that was sad to watch. Yeah.
1: Jan beat the yeah. shit out
0: of him the entire fight. That was. That was terrible. I didn't. Un- I didn't enjoy that at all. Um,
1: that was GBH, man. Was GBH. But yeah, the, I.
0: I, don't, I argue honestly, the bantamweight is the most fun division in terms of just like looking through and making your own fantasy matchups up. Like, there's so many possibilities that are just absolutely insane. Like you say, Font would be. I mean, Cody Garbrandt against uh, Jose Aldo would be a hell of a fight. Not that that would happen. Which they Aldo tried to do this. in the past, didn't they? As yeah. like
1: a, a double champ kind of thing. So, yeah. Definitely interesting, I, I, and Streetlander, I'm really high on him. We both were really impressed with his performance last time out. And well, he's just looked like was... a different fighter since he came back from that injury, hasn't he? But Uriah, who will be really fresh, man. I mean, what like, what was it? Don't talk about account? it. Don't talk about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> stop. Stop. We're gonna stop you right there. Um, yeah, that's a that's a fun one as well. Um, and it, like you know, like you say, both guys were on good runs. Hall beat silver and and obviously Weidman. So. Um, yeah, that, like, whoever wins that has a hell of a lot of momentum and a decent little win streak going together.
1: And then uh, moving on, we've got Lerone Murphy versus Charles Jordan. Now that's a really strange fight for me, just because like I I, I would have thought it would probably gone in a different direction because it feels like they're kind of pairing off two prospects. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I know you hate that. I, I know you hate that when they pair off prospects that both um, you know have potential to to make a run. It does seem like a bit of a weird decision. Um, but also it's rumored to be in London and, you know, they need some sick fights in that London card. And when is a Charles Jordan fight ever? Not absolutely insane. <laughs> so yeah, it is a bit, it's a bit odd that they've decided to match up two guys who could potentially be like future stars. I know Jordan's still quite young and he's had a couple iffy moments. um, Defense wise, he's not, you know, he needs to work on his striking defense, but um yeah, I'm still excited for it. I mean, what a fight! If that's in London, I'll be there.
1: <laughs> uh, I would argue Leroy Murphy is probably the hottest prospect in like Britain, or at least from the you, yeah from the him, is, him like, or
0: Aspinall for sure.
1: Gets overlooked so much, but if you look at like what he's done, like even from his debut, like he's fought like killers row already kind of thing, and he's still unbeaten. Like, and yet he doesn't really get the, the credit that he deserves, which really really frustrates me as as, as a journalist. And like, yeah. Uh, that the well, let, let, let's just say rumored UFC London card is building up rather nicely. I mean, it all depends on if Till's like recovered from his shoulder. I mean, yeah. to be fair, I've seen videos of Till training with Tom Aspinall and stuff on Instagram. So I feel like, regardless, Till's trying his best to make sure that he's ready for the um, for the card, depending on medical clearance and what have you. It'd be quite good if Aspinall could get a fight on there. Although I don't know who they'd try to think from like just putting on the spot, who would you match him up with?
0: I don't know Carl yeah. Dawkins maybe.
1: Oh yeah, that'd be a good one.
0: Although that's another situation where you're pairing off two prospects, prospects on
1: the yeah. runs. Yeah.
0: Um. Did you see Luke Rockhold talking about? He he was wanting to fight Till on this card, and he was saying, uh, you know, with the history with Bisping and the British fans, it would be, you know, be the atmosphere would be great. And I gotta say, I agree with him. That would be so much more fun than Brunson. Like, no disrespect to Brunson, but he's kind of boring. <laughs> um, he's a good fighter, but he's not a you know super exciting fighter. Imagine the atmosphere in you know in Liverpool or London or wherever it would be Till versus Rockhold all that you know that Bisping hatred still simmering there in the, in the crowd and you know Till, obviously Till
1: always you know gets the
0: atmosphere going I gotta agree with Luke Rockhold that would be so fun
1: it's not often we say those words on this podcast so I feel like we need to like yeah try <laughs> that in memory <laughs>
0: the world is ending
1: <laughs> yeah I agree I think it'd be great uh, and, and to be honest stylistically it's probably an easier match up for Till anyway
0: yeah and, and a fun of you no disrespect matchup for a fan as well like again like we both just said brunson is good no disrespect but i don't want to see him try and wrestle fuck till i
1: want to be on that press conference man i want to be
0: there i just want to be listening to them to go at it for. see like- if till says conceive believe achieve <laughs> <laughs> he definitely i bet Bisman would tell him to um definitely and then finally before we move on to, to the last card, we've got to go back to the, to the women's fights um not set yet, but Dana is saying that Mackenzie Dern versus Marina Rodriguez is going to happen. Um, I was going to write in the notes, I assume this would be a title eliminator, a straw weight, but there's quite a few straw weights floating about in there. Obviously, we're going to talk about Carlos Sparsa just got that big win. Um, do you think that's a title eliminator, Dern against Rodriguez?
1: Uh, no, purely because I don't think they're big enough names. I feel like the thing with straw weight is that you've got the ghost of Joanna and Jacek just floating around. So. I feel like, unfortunately for Rodriguez, she needs at least another two wins until she gets within a shot at Rose or whoever's going to end up being strawweight champion. Which is a really—I think that's trouble. It's just so congested at the top, as you just alluded to, that it kind of, with all these fighters, they just need to say yes to anything. Like the UFC rewards you more if you if you take a chance and go. Look at Frankie Edgar um, Mm -hmm. with the featherweight shot, and I feel like the best interests lie in. But to be fair, that's a really, really tough fight, like for Dern, especially on the stand up. Like, we've seen a st- stand up come on Leaps and Bounds, and she looked brilliant against Nina Ansaroff. But, like, I wouldn't say it's brilliant.
0: I respect her stand up style because it's just like, fuck it, I'm going to swing. But technically, I meant no, her overall game. Not her, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her was... overall game looked amazing against, against Nina Nunes, mate. Nunes, not Ansaroff. Oh, yeah, sorry.
1: Nina Nunes, yeah. Disrespectful. But, yeah. but I was going to say that Rodriguez is a completely different kettle of fish. Like, yeah. she is a killer like we saw that I mean karate Hot isn't exactly known for her um, <laughs> offence but <laughs> she just yeah she put it on her really and we, we saw what she did to her Amanda Rebas, and obviously Rebass beat I mean the way that MMA maths work this probably wouldn't work out but Rebass obviously beat Mackenzie Dern quite convincingly Dern's come back and made adjustments but has she necessarily got the stand up to stand and bang with Rodriguez probably not Obviously, there's discrepancies on the ground, but she has to take it to the ground, and we saw Reba struggle to take down Rodriguez. So,
0: yeah, and then when she did get her down, she just let it straight back up again, which yeah, I will, I will so, never yeah. forgive
1: her for. So, <laughs>
0: <We'll>, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that's a you know classic striker vs grapple matchup, but like you say, Dan has improved a lot on the feet, so um, definitely an interesting one, definitely an interesting one. Um, we'll move on to the uh, to the card this weekend. Paul Felder retired out of the blue on the broadcast. Um. I feel like kind of everyone already suspected this was going to happen based on the fact that fans have been tweeting him saying, fight this person, fight this person. And he's just been saying like, fuck off basically. But um, yeah, it's still a little bit bittersweet, like happy to see a guy retire in the sort of right frame of mind for him and not be like forced out after a lost streak. If you know what I mean? Um, You know, he's still healthy. He's still got his broadcasting gig with the UFC. So he's all good. But um, also a little bit sad because he's just such a fun fighter.
1: As you say, fan favorite. I can't remember a dull Paul Felder fight. There
0: isn't one. Like, That's why genuinely. you can't remember one.
1: Yeah, like wars with Barbosa, and he's been there with like some absolute savages, Dan Hooker, Barbosa, Rafael de Sanyos, that he took on short notice. Like crazy, crazy guy, and an absolute gentleman. Like one of the good guys in the sport, definitely. So it's it's sad to see him go. My mate, my main gripe is the like this kind of like I don't know what you think, but the um. <laughs> the montages and like, I don't know. They're they, they oh, they already doing hammer.
0: it. Alan Juban, Juban got one as well yeah. on the same broadcast. And it's like, where's Cain um,
1: Velasquez? I saw, yeah, Bilal Muhammad treated
0: like, um, oh, I'm about to retire right now. Everyone else around me is retiring. And I was like, you should retire just to get one of those sweet video packages and then unretire again. again. Uh, yeah. They're really, uh, they're really, really out in the middle of the broadcast You're just wasting time in the broadcast, isn't it? Like when you know it's time. a crap card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know. Um, but yeah, um, he's come out of the rankings and Sarukian's gone in at number 15. I saw quite a bit of, um, quite a bit of tension on MMA Twitter. People saying it should have been Fiziev, which I can understand. But Sarukian's also an absolute boss. So, um, I mean, hell, make that fight. Sarukian versus Fazeev. Um, and then whoever wins can have number 15. Moving on, Rob Font. It's time for me to be smug because I've been hyping up Rob Font for so long. And I feel like this is a performance that finally puts him on the map with more than just, you know, people who really focus and watch every card and pay attention to MMA every week.
1: Um, the floor is yours, my friend.
0: Best jab in MMA. Best jab in MMA. Tell me who's better. Tell me who has a better jab. Kamara Usman. No, come on, come on, Usman's just got a, you. Usman's got a good jab, thanks Trevor Whitman, but it's not the exactly. best jab in MMA. It's just a bit more powerful, a bit more plodding um, power rather than like snappy power, which is what Rob Font has. I mean, you know, Garbrandt is a guy who's known for his, you know, his speed, his power, his you know timing, and and he just didn't he didn't win in any of those departments. He lost, you know, he lost. The only advantage he had was you know, grappling, and he landed, what, like two takedowns in the first round, and then Rob was able to get straight back up, never was threatened by a submission, never took any damage on the ground. And once he figured out how to stop the takedowns, it was like, looked like, you know, man against boys in there, you know what I mean?
1: Whew. <sighs> I can feel the heat coming you can off that the microphone. Feel the smugness,
0: the smugness. I'm not even going to deny it. I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> the reverse is,
1: mate. How much money did you make?
0: <laughs> well, I actually didn't make as much as I I was hoping for because I did have some just on him straight up, but then I also had quite a lot on him to win in the distance. Which, you know, when the fuck did Cody Garbrandt learn how to take that many shots clean on the chin? It's so, the beard, um, mate. It's the beard. It is the, the um the, the what what's the word I'm looking for? The um fuck. Kushner. I don't know not the judges, the, um, I can't even think of the word, whatever, the the official people behind the scenes, whatever the word is that describes them, my mind's gone completely blank, should not allow that. They shouldn't allow such a big beard when he's going in there to fight my boy Rob Font. The commission. The commission, that's what I was, thank you, I didn't hear you say that. Um, They shouldn't allow that, man, because, you know, Rob Font's concrete jab can't get through that thick Dagestani beard he was growing there. Um, But yeah, he just, I mean, no disrespect to Garbrandt because I thought, you know, how fickle MMA fans are on Twitter, like, so quick to be like, oh, he's finished, oh, you know, already making memes of him and stuff. But I thought Garbrandt looked pretty good; like he didn't look bad. The thing he was doing, was just he kept, blast. yeah, the thing he was doing where he kept loading up on the fence for the shot he hit a sunshine with was a little bit stupid. But um, yeah, other than that, I thought he looked okay. But Font was just better than him in every department.
1: Putting New England Cartel right on the map, right where they belong. Massive shout out to Tyson Charter and his, his team. Like to bounce back, well. To bounce back from what Max Holloway did to Calvin Cater and essentially do that to Cody Garbrandt, like with another fighter, I think that's like a little narrative that people are kind of overlooking. Like New England Cartel took quite a lot of stick for that Cater performance. And for me, they've completely wiped this late clean. I thought it was immaculate from start to finish. Even in the fifth round, when Cody was kind of throwing a bit and, and putting the pressure on Font, didn't look in trouble like there wasn't really a moment where he got caught or I mean, to be fair, he has got a, like a ridiculous chin because we know Garbant, Brand he did catch him a few times, but yeah,
0: again, I, want, I wanted to say as well, like, like respect to Cody for coming out in that fifth round and just saying, well, I need a knockout to win because so many fighters don't do that. So many fighters are like, well, I don't know what they're thinking, but you know, we see it all the time where they need a knockout to win and they're still there, you know, playing, trading jabs, trying to win a, win a round when they're down four rounds to one or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, just just dominant performance. And now, obviously, we have to look ahead to what the the bantamweight title picture looks like. We got Jan and Aljo holding up the division, doing whatever the fuck they're doing. Um, Aljo had that was it neck surgery recently. Yeah. Um, and then we got Sanhagen versus Dillashaw, which we just spoke about. And my thinking is, if Sanhagen wins that fight, he's undoubtedly next, and Font will just have to wait. If Dillashaw wins that fight, I think it depends on how he wins. I think if Dillisro goes in there and sparks Sanhagen, I'm not saying that's going to happen, then he would move into the you know number one contender spot. If he wins a close decision or not a particularly entertaining fight, which it seems unlikely, I'd have to say Font would get the nod. And I'm going to go one further. Font easily has the tools to beat both Jan and Sterling. Because how do you keep a guy like Jan, a guy with that immense pressure, how do you keep him off you? You have the best jab in
1: MMA, that's how. Just keep on ramrodding him in the face. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, oh, no, I, I I hear you, man. I hear you. I I, I think, like, for me, I think Fult just needs to sit and wait. I think his best thing yeah. would be... He doesn't need to fight again in. right now. Yeah. Like, just let it play out, man. And and especially with, like, Janis Sterling, could potentially fight the loser or that if he wants to tune up, like, before a title, maybe. Um, yeah. Matt is really stacked division. Really, really stacked division. And, and to be honest... The thing that impressed me the most was his maturity. Like there were moments in that fight where he probably could have pushed for the finish, but maybe like left himself a bit open, as we've seen that happen like previously in his mm. previous fights, right?
0: Well, like I said, for the purposes of my bet, I kind of wish he had pushed it a little bit, but um, I'll uh, I'll blame Cody for randomly growing a chin for that one. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like like you say, it was just a perfect performance all around, Really, like got taken down a couple times, immediately you know snapped on to how he needed to to stop that happening, and um, yeah, the striking was perfect, the decision making was perfect. And talking of decision-making being shit, not perfect, let's talk about Yan Jiao Nan, who rushed into a takedown from Carlos Sparza right off the bat and lost the fight because of it.
1: Before we get started, can we just unanimously agree that she has the Garbrandt game plan of the card, right?
0: Oh, I was going to say, we don't even need to discuss who's a <laughs> Garbrandt game plan winner on a Cody Garbrandt card. It's obviously her. I completely agree.
1: Amazing! Yeah, for, for listeners, we have this thing every week where we kind of discuss. The, well, I feel like we should probably change the name because it kind of didn't really have necessarily a bad game plan. This call it fucking
0: but... Yan Zhao Nan game plan. <laughs> we pick out someone <laughs> every week who displays poor fight IQ or poor decision making or poor coaching. It can be a coach. Um, I was going to pick out James krause when we were going to do it last week, but you, um, you were feeling under the weather, so we didn't record. But um. Yeah, it, obviously it's 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 Ian this week. Like what the what was she doing? I have no explanation for any of what she did in that fight.
1: It was almost it was practically suicidal, let's be honest. Like it playing to her strengths and it completely baffled me. And when she turned the tables, I was a bit like, well, I'm not surprised. Like I I feel like that Biggest mistake she made was not staying on the outside. Like I feel like the way to beat Asparza is if you stay on the outside and try to, like pick her apart. Like mm-hmm. when she's rushing in, right? The minute you rush into a guard or like you, you take it to the ground, and you-, you stay there. You open yourself up for like submission attempts, but also like ground and pound. And I, I kind of forgot that asparza's pretty like. I mean, people, I, I saw some ridiculous takes on Twitter being like, oh, she's like the female Khabib. I was like, what? <laughs> what? hold on. This. There's no I way know. you
0: actually saw anyone say I, that.
1: Genuinely, genuinely. I was like, oh, she's, all these like Twitter arts who are like, oh, she's the female Khabib. I was like, let's just backtrack real, real quick. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed. I, do I think she's done enough to to learn a title shot against Rose? I don't know. Like, I think you can
0: give her the title shot because she's already beat Rose, so she's already got that. I, there is, bit there of is the narrative, yeah. Yeah, she's already got that bit of ammunition to negotiate with in terms of trying to get that fight. Like, well, I've already beat her, so it's you know, obviously you can obviously I'm at that level that you can put me in there again. Not saying I agree with that, but um, yeah, I, I feel like she might get it because, like we said, like we said earlier, we still got Dana Rodriguez to work out. Um, you know, Zhang and Joanna they have to rematch at some point, so that's not going to be for the title. Um, yeah, I feel like she could get it
1: yeah I mean we came into this podcast me going I don't think she deserves it I don't think she deserves it because I feel like there are probably more deserving number one contenders out there but as you've just said they probably need to do a little bit more before they get that shot and Mm -hmm. the narrative is already there it's already written close the chapter let's get it done having said that that's a really tough fight to pick given what has done in her recent performances
0: yeah well I'm assuming Rose wouldn't take the the Yan Nan approach which is to, to write down on a piece of paper before the fight, what's the, what's the best way Carlos Barza would want this fight to go and then just do it? <laughs> I'm pretty really sure Rose wouldn't do that. You know, Pat Barry would be, you know, whispering some sweet nothings in the rear of how to avoid that happening. Um, <laughs> let's, let's not go there. <laughs> um, we'll nice. move on. We'll move on before I say something I regret. Jared Vandera, fight of the night versus Justin Taffer. I mean, pretty, I wouldn't say the worst fight of the night I've ever seen. But for a fight of the night, it, you know, it wasn't that great. Um, but it was brilliant. I think it was due to the
1: amount of claret than yeah, the amount of stitches they were that. both going to need.
0: <laughs> it was, there was so much blood on Jared Vandera's chest. I was hoping Justin Tarfer would draw a little face on him, you know, like Wilson in Castaway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you sadistic man. <laughs> I like that idea. That's quite funny. But yeah, yeah I
0: mean, I, Jared Vandera earned a fan here in me because... You know, I wasn't I wasn't that impressed by him on contender series, not gonna lie. I know he got an impressive win. Um, you know, he got a quick knockout. I wasn't overly impressed because his opponent sucked, and then he just got absolutely mauled by Sergei Spivak. I mean, who told him to call out Spivak or was that his idea? That was a terrible call out because he's just not at that level yet in you know, at this point in his career. Um, and it was also just a bad stylistic matchup. But yeah, I mean, not saying tough was amazing or a world beater or anything, but you know, Vandera, I think, lost the first round and then bite down on his mouthpiece and came back and, and comfortably won two and three if not all three
1: yeah he definitely put the pressure on and I I think he could sense when Taffer's cardio wasn't quite holding up and just kept on marching forward and throw. I mean to be fair they were both throwing I don't know how their chins held up actually because they yeah, were I may have got my rounds mixed up
0: of, of who won what there but like I say they were both they both landed a few really good shots which you know for guys who were cutting to get to 265 their chins held up well
1: yeah and and I mean, to be honest, I mean, I'm quite high on Taffer. I think Taffer is like one of my favorite fighters, just because he's so fun. It's either going to be a viral knockout, either way, or it's going to be a like an a, absolute war. Um, yeah, and he basically the...
0: gave Jorginho Castro a career, so he's clearly a nice guy as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jared Vandera, I, I, I gotta say, I was impressed. Like the the fact that I don't know whether it was before the second round or the third round. His corner gave him a little bit of a pep talk, like, you know, come on, you need to do more if you're going to win this. And he was like, fuck it, you know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to go on be a champion or you know, some cringe stuff like that, which, you know, whatever, it's fine. But um,
1: what are you playing?
0: Yeah, I like to see a fighter who, you know, has that mentality to he's not just going to let the fight peter out. You know what I mean? He's not just going to let it kind of seep away from him and he's going to bite down on the mouthpiece and, and get after it because plenty of them don't do that.
1: Yeah, and that's two we've mentioned today, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's testament to the character of the fighter that he realizes that he's got to win a round to win the fight, and as you say, bites down on his on, on his mouthpiece and goes out there and leaves it all in the octagon. And uh, to be honest, just looking at the rest of the card, I'm not surprised it was Fight of the Night purely is like performance of the night and everything like that. I, I feel like there probably weren't enough like close fights necessarily. I can't believe
0: fight. fight of the Night didn't go to Ben Rothwell and Chris Barnett. Not going to lie to you. <laughs> that fight was hilarious <laughs> Should we just skip and talk about that one <laughs> that was so good forget normal Dumont yeah you know in UFC when you um when you try a spinning kick and your stamina bar just zaps away Chris Barnett threw one spinning kick and he just died like he had cardiac arrest as soon as that happened like it was a cool kick but probably not the best decision for a guy who was cutting to get to
1: 265 yeah a bit it was brilliant. It was brilliant to watch. It was pure comedy. They landed some,
0: <laughs> bit like you just said about Van and Tafa. they landed some big shots on each other. Um, Barnett kind of has that weird like wading style where he always looks like he's shook, you know what I mean? Every shot Rothwell landed, I thought, oh, he's he's done, but he, he wasn't. It's just kind of the way he wades into uh, to the exchanges. But yeah, they both landed some pretty big shots. Rothwell ate a couple even though he was, you know, clearly landing the cleaner strikes for most of the fight. And, yeah, if you could, if you could put that card on, if fight on every card, then do it. I, I would do that. I would watch that fight every week. That was hilarious. Good
1: warm up act. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree. And I, and again, Rothwell like one of those. I don't. know, I feel like he's kind of like a, he's growing into a fan favorite. Like he's he's had a bit of a love hate relationship with the fans, but he's sort of becoming everyone's like favorite underdog, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of see what you mean. Yeah, he's got he's got that about him. And he was on um he was on Michael Bisping's podcast this week talking about. Like the reason he got into fighting was because he used to get bullied at school for being like bigger than everyone else, and um, I don't know it's just just a, a likable, likable backstory, likable guy. And of course, he's got a few iconically cringe moments on the mic as well with the the weird laugh he did, and
1: you know, he's wrestling just wrestling heel. Yeah, yeah,
0: like he's, he's a good guy, and um, he actually Jared Vandera called him out after the win against Tafa, and then um, Rothwell said on. On, uh, on Bisping's podcast that yeah you know, I'm down let's do it he said that he felt disrespected because Vandera had been all nicey nicey to him before the fights and then had gone to his press conference afterwards and called him out so he was a bit like yeah what the, what the hell man um, that's a massive he, leap as well yeah it's a huge leap for Vandera um, so I'm not surprised Rothwell saying yes because I think that's a very winnable fight for him but um, you know based on their performances this weekend it would be a fun fight
1: yeah I agree get it booked uh, and again with van as well where he is at it, like on the on the, in the rankings I feel like they're probably like most of those opponents probably matched up anyway so it kind of mm-hmm. makes sense to well it doesn't really make sense because uh, again in terms of the rankings it's probably a ridiculous leap but screw it go on do it what else we missed oh yeah what are we going to yeah. do about Edmund Shabazzian I thought what you were going to go gonna straight
0: do? to your favourite division mate you just skipped right over the, the women's featherweight <laughs> fight there um, yeah Shabazzian <laughs> Don't get me started on the matchmaking with Shabazzian. This this was a joke to match him in there with him. And I'm not even saying he's far below Hermanson's level, but this is a guy who was an undefeated prospect, young kid, you know, showing lots of promise, hadn't really been tested, gets destroyed by Brunson. And Brunson isn't a guy who typically destroys people, let's not forget. And then you put him in there with Jack Hermanson, an angry Jack Hermanson coming off a loss, like ridiculous matchmaking ridiculous matchmaking do you want to talk about the fight specifically like because he was, Shabazzian was looking good in the first round
1: yeah I thought uh, the, the more he kept on standing I thought he kind of had more of a chance and then I don't know what happened in the second round where Hermanson just kind of realized oh I, I can just take this guy down wherever I want yeah like, this is easy This <laughs> <yeah. laughs> is basically a wrestling match Um, yeah just no ground game at all he like, just, no, just
0: had no idea how to get up like Mesbin kept referring to it on the broadcast that he had his shoulders flat on the on the canvas and he just had no idea how to get up.
1: And uh, this is what I don't understand because obviously he trained with like Ronda. And all right, Ronda is a judo practitioner, like judoka. She's not a wrestler, she's predominantly a judoka. But like he must have had like wrestling defense training at least. Like we've seen clips of like Ronda like hurling around the octagon and stuff, right? Like I don't know it's very strange. I feel like the gym and everything, like I was listening to, um, I think it was uh, Brett Okamoto, Okamoto who was talking about how the gym that he trains at is predominantly a boxing gym. So they have a lot of like Armenian, Armenian-based, Armenian uh, Armenian-American boxers and what have you. Yeah. There isn't necessarily like a wrestling coach. And I feel like for him to like reach the next, like, he needs to go to, he needs to do what Derek, uh, Derek Kevin Holland is doing and go into like AKA or something and just, spending weeks with Habib and DC and you name it just to like fix the hole in his game. Because once you've got that blueprint, once you've got that, like the formula on how to beat you, it's, you're just going to have that like five times until you end up. It's exactly like, yeah, that. it's exactly like
0: the Holland situation. Like you just said, that's a good point actually, because now every fighter that goes into a fight against Shabazzian thinking, I just need to get him down, make it out of the first round, tire him out. And, um and he'll just gas and won't be able to get up. Um, I just think they need to match him up with someone way down the rankings, to be honest. Like the, like I said, the, putting him back in there with manson after he just got mauled by Brunson was a ridiculous decision to begin with. Um, I'm looking at someone like DeChirico, someone like that, quite far down the rankings, winnable fight. Someone who's not going to grapple fuck him um, because that is the last thing he needs is losing to a lower ranked grappler. Um, yeah, just, you know, he's what, like 24 or something? He's pretty young, isn't he? Yeah, just, yeah, just, 24, 23, just yeah. slow the roll a bit there, UFC. <laughs> Are you going to burn out a, a really good prospect way too soon? Um, Jack Manson called out Robert Wicker after the fight. <laughs> what do you think about that?
1: <laughs> Fun fight. But, um, yeah, I... I Rob's got to fight Izzy. Rob's got to fight the Izzy, Izzy Vittoria winner, right? Like, that's a no-brainer. But I would quite like to see that fight. Like, Puffy, like, that's actually, like, really fun matchup. Rob is predominantly a striker, but also has, like, insane cardio mm-hmm. and really good wrestling. Hermanson doesn't necessarily have, like, the best stand-up, but, like, his ground game is on. I'd really like to see, like, Rob defending against, like, The submission threats of Hermanson. That's something that in my mind that like the scrambles would just be crazy. And like we've kind of seen Rob against a like a wrestle heavy Romero, right? Like when in that final round where Romero was just kind of like implementing a wrestling game plan and trying to just take him down. If it made it that far, I'd be interested to see like what Hermanson tries to do. Like I I feel like Hermanson
0: would get smoked, I'm not gonna lie. Dude. Like, because he was getting he was getting pieced up in the first round there against Shabazian and Rob is just as good a striker as Shabazian and he's not going to gas and like you said and he's not going to get taken down so easily as Shabazian did so you know if, if Jack's getting pieced up in the first round by Robert Whitaker, what does he do he can't tire he can't out cardio him he can't wait for him to gas that doesn't happen he can't just easily take him down like he did with Shabazian um I mean fair play it's a bold call out and if he wins, he catapults himself back into the uh, into the title picture. But yeah, I don't see him winning that fight.
1: I mean, I mean, to be honest, I want to see him fight Till anyway. That's the fight for me. Till versus I'm for like the well, it it, Till versus Victoria is the unofficial European middleweight UFC title. But for me, this is like the the semi final of the the European middleweight yeah. scene.
0: The winner of that would get to take on Vittori after he gets pieced up by Adesanya. Uh, <laughs> anything else on the prelims we're talking about? Oh, Bruno Silva got a really a really impressive KO again. I think he just had one, what, like a month ago? Um, Victor Rodriguez, probably not UFC level. I think he's been knocked down in both of his fights so far. But still, I mean, Silva looked amazing. The guy has found his power. I don't know where this power has come from because before this, he was like losing decisions and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just absolute insane knockout power. And um, and called out Bontarine after the fight, which I think would be really fun as well.
1: What a mad job! And again, Flyweight's kind of flying under the radar. But we've got like we've got another Flyweight on there who'd be really fun to fight, uh, David Dvorak, who, I, who yeah. I actually spoke to last week. Really, really nice guy, mm-hmm. short nose, short opponent, and <laughs> ridiculous for naked choke. I think he's now on a sixteen-fight win streak, which is like if you think about it. John Jones is on a what, nineteen fight win streak. So, like, it's kind of catch. It, it's kind of crazy. The more you think about it, how close he's getting to like the longest win streak in the UFC. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's not quite compared to John Jones there. No, <laughs> but, no, no, I mean, I, see I mean, just point. in terms of the length, yeah, it I is mental that he's um, like... He, he did look physique. really good. Um, you know, obviously, short-notice opponent is not going to be his biggest challenge, but also it, it can present its own challenges, like they refer to often on the broadcast, that you've not game-planned for this guy. Like ah, so we'll talk about a later striker. on Bellator. Yeah, you game-plan for a striker and then you fight a wrestler. Like, well, it's, you know, going to throw a spanner in the works, but he made short work of the wrestler on the ground, so it looked really good. Um, Demir Uzmagulov... Again, looked really impressive. Really needs a finish to kind of catapult his, uh, you know, his status a little bit. I think he's four and zero in UFC in the all decision wins, and I feel like he could have finished this fight. To be honest, you know, um, you rate him think, quite highly, don't you? Yeah, I'm a pretty big fan, and I think Alves has been finished in all of his losses before this fight. So I don't know. I would have liked to see him push the pace a little bit more and really go for the finish. But I mean, pretty pretty dominant performance. So he won all three rounds fairly comfortably. So um, next matchups. I was thinking Alex Hernandez, because Isma Gulov needs something to boost his profile. I mean, this guy's 23-1. and 1. He's 4-0 in the UFC. Like, can we put him in there with someone good and find out if he's really good or not?
1: That is a spicy matchup.
0: They're not far off in the rankings either, I think. Isma Gulov on MMA ranking is like 20-20 or something like that. He might, might be even just 20. Um, and Hernandez, I think, is 15 or 16, so... Right, you know, in the in the correct range, Hernandez coming off a loss to Moises.
1: And uh, Hernandez is not that he's necessarily chinny, but there is the potential for a sensational KO. Yeah, he and did get a spot by Cowboy, so him, yeah, and if you look at what Ismail Gulov did in his early career, like in M1 and whatever, like mm-hmm. there are some there are some nasty little KO reel finishes on that on that highlight reel, so I'd have a look. Um yeah, that's really fun. Can't lie. I'm sat here grinning. Have yeah, I just right won now. you
0: over? You've not even got a pick. Yeah. You're just going to agree with well, me.
1: I was going to go with but I'm now leaning towards Alex Hernandez. I, mean, I think Kutilati would be a, a tougher fight,
0: to be honest. He looked amazing in his first fight.
1: That's the only reason. I just feel like it would be a war. Um, yeah, the but,
0: pace would be right. insane. They'd probably throw set a record for strikes thrown.
1: But having said that, again, that would be booking two prospects against each other. So that goes against my whole rhetoric of stop booking <laughs> prospects together.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's let's do Ismagulov Hernandez. I'm I'm right, of course. Um, we'll, move, we'll move on to uh, to Bellator. That was last Friday. I have to um, really. I know you love talking about Bellator so much, mate. But we got no UFC card this coming weekend, so we're going to talk about Bellator. Um, Cyborg got the finish. I think the only surprise here was that she didn't finish it sooner. Um, pretty pretty good performance, but I have a complaint about women's MMA in general, and that's. Sure. Why don't we see as much of a push for super fights in women's MMA as we do in men's MMA? And I know obviously Cyborg versus Nunes right now is a pipe dream because she's in Bellator, but like that—that should be the only fight people are trying to make. Is trying to whatever you know Dana and Scott Coker need to sort out. They should be trying to make Nunes versus Cyborg again. And then I was thinking, you know, even beyond that, Nunes versus Shevchenko three. We talked about that recently. That that's pretty much the only fight left for Nunes. You know, fuck it. Even like Rose versus Shevchenko. I just feel like there's such a push in the men's, you know, we talk about Jones going up to heavyweight to fight Francis. We talk about Adesanya going up to fight John Jones. Obviously a lot of it started with Connor jumping around different weight classes, hunting multiple belts, but there's no talk about that with the women's and there are fun super fights you can make in the women's division. So again, I know I'm being, you know, fantasizing a little bit here about something that could never happen because it's cross promotion, but I just feel like there needs to be more of a push for super fights in women's MMA.
1: The caveat to that is, of course, that Nunez completely starched Cyborg. So, And I'll be honest, I thought Cyborg looked really old. Like, to beat Leslie Smith in five rounds, I don't know. I feel like Cyborg of all would probably put her away in the first round, to be honest. I I felt like the pace kind of got to her a bit, and maybe it was a cardio thing, I'm not quite sure, but she looked a bit off in the night until, of course, she got that really crazy finish and what was it like I think that's like is it the first time it's finished on that like an MMA fight's finished in that minute of the fifth round I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that. Uh, the I, only other fight I can in. think
0: of recently in my mind is was a three rounder and that's Paul Craig finishing um, Oh, I can't even remember who it was oh Ankoliyev that's the only yeah. one I can think of finishing super super late recently I'm sure there are a few others oh, oh Zombie against the IA
1: oh <laughs> yeah sad every
0: time thinking about that um, but yeah I mean I agree. She didn't look great, but um, I don't know. I just, I feel as ridiculous as this is. I feel like, the, and I'm a Nunez fan. I prefer Nunez to Cyborg. The fact that it was such a quick knockout leaves me with more questions than answers. Does that make sense? Like, I almost feel like,
1: yeah, I can it. we
0: see? Because they just went in there and just like there was so much emotion. They just threw like crazy. I, and of I got like, caught. Yeah, you're right. I kind of feel like, like, can we just? put them in there again and tell them, don't, okay, don't kill each other in the first 30 seconds. Let's see how this actually plays out. But I know that's just a pipe dream.
1: Um, I think Nunez completely decapitates her in the first round, to be honest, mate. But possibly, yeah, possibly, possibly. Okay. Um,
0: some other interesting fights on the card. Um, Darion Caldwell lost again. He obviously had that that crazy submission loss to uh, Therese McKee. I think he was a pretty big favorite here, so... Um, sorry do
1: you mean AJ McKee not Reese McKee
0: oh yeah sorry AJ McKee Rhys McKee just got pieced up and cut from the UFC yes I mean AJ McKee um, thank you for the correcting me so I don't look like that much of an idiot um, yeah he got it pretty good here not the best fight but one fight I really did want to talk about was the Austin Vanderford fight we love Claret on this podcast and there was a lot of it
1: get that stitched oh boy I have a, an issue with the judging if I'm being honest because I don't think it was as conclusive as it looked. I feel like Fabian... I'm, I, I feel like it was a unanimous decision, but like I thought the cards are quite wide. What did you think?
0: Um, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I was a little bit surprised when they were read out, but I don't know. I've, I really like Vanderbilt, I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah, I feel I like I've, he's...
1: I've spoken to the bloke. Really, really yeah, nice guy. I feel
0: like he's really well-rounded, and um, he, he's, You know, I know this went to a decision, but he's one of those that does go out there for violence. So... Um, yeah, I I agree. It was I was a little bit surprised, but um, I thought Vanderford looked really good.
1: Yeah, and, and to be honest, it kind of showed that like he's very well rounded. Like I know it was mm-hmm. quite wrestling heavy, but even the strike you could, you could see he's a very well rounded mixed martial artist. And I'm just glad that he's completely shaken off like this. Obviously, the Van Zant tag is gonna stick there because of the the, the star appeal and whatever. Yeah, but he is a very good fighter in his own right, and people are finally starting to cotton onto the idea that he could potentially go on and become a champion i mean let's face it the bellator division itself is quite shallow yeah but entirely within the realm of possibilities that he does then go on to become champion and i think i think there's only like i think he's ranked number three now so it makes sense if he gets like a well yeah i think he's ranked number three but again don't get me started on
0: bellator rankings um (laughs) did you see they just they just brought him out i think like yesterday or monday they just brought out new rankings And the next fight we were going to talk about, Hannah Guy versus Valerie Lareda. Lareda is ranked above Hannah Guy, who just destroyed her for 15 minutes. Like, the only question mark in that fight was how it didn't get finished by submission. Like, fair play to Valerie Lareda for not tapping. But she's still above Hannah Guy in the rank. Like, Bouncil's rankings are so stupid. Like, why do they think anyone's going to take them seriously if they don't sort the most basic shit out?
1: Lareda got completely exposed as well, let's be honest. But Guy, if you look at her previous fights, is not a very good fighter at all. Really, You can see,
0: by the way, the way she waded forward into her strikes, like, sorry, but any decent fighter could have knocked her out. (laughs) Like, she was just walking forward with her hands down and her chin up
1: in the air trying to chase takedowns. And it's strange because Lareda trains at ATT. I don't really, like, does she even train? Like she the, just she goes showed, to take take pictures for the Instagram. Boy, right? She showed um, such novice instinct too. was yeah. just It absolutely baffled me. So Did you see the moment in
0: the uh, in her corner before the third round. Though there's a clip of her corner just being so mean. They were like, "What the fuck are you doing? You look terrible out there. Your groundwork is terrible. Stop throwing spinning shit. Keep." And then what does she do? Straight out there, spinning shit into. I mean, literally the most spinning shit into a takedown. I've ever seen like it literally landed in the the MMA
1: mate go back to ballet yeah
0: (laughs) she spun into the takedown um but yeah I mean fair play Hannah Guy well done getting the upset um that was free money I think that's like four to one um I, I do have a little bit of bone to pick with like MMA Twitter and MMA fans in general we always talk about how fickle they are but like they've been simping over Valerie Lareda for ages and now um I saw she posted a video with like her arm and a bandage saying that she felt like a real MMA fighter now because She's gone through that experience of, you know, having a bit of adversity, fighting for 15 minutes, having to, you know, fight off the urge to tap. And um, that she, yeah, that she was happy about it and she was proud about it. And everyone was hating the fuck out of this video that she posted. And I was like, well, yeah, she's clearly on all sorts of painkillers. She was like smiling like mad. But at the same time, like she's like, what, 22, 23? Yeah, she looks pretty poor right now, but she's got plenty of time to improve and, I don't know. I think that's a good attitude to have. With, like I said, whether she was drugged up on painkillers, I don't know, but that's a, you know, would you rather she got on and was all salty about it and said, you know, blame some bullshit excuse? I, uh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, g- give her a break. Um Sard Awad, who's, you know, obviously a Bellator veteran, been in there a bajillion times, got a beautiful first round knockout. That was probably my favourite moment of the night. Was he,
1: I feel like he's coming off a, a loss to uh, Paul Daly as well. I think I'm right. Uh, I, I don't know like what his Sadois record is anymore.
0: Lost. He's been around for so long.
1: I think Sardarwaz lost to Border Daily recently. Yeah, highlight real KO. Probably would argue probably the best finish on the card, apart from Liam McCourt's fantastic come from behind submission. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I, I think yeah. To be honest, that kind of kept me awake. Yeah. <laughs> I was sat there like, oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I was me. I was fading after those couple fights after the McCourt fight. Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, I, like I said, a one that was a, such a nice knockout and um just looked really clean on the feet. Striking looked really good. I know Nate Andrews isn't, you know, a sensational striker himself, but yeah, he looked really good.
1: Yeah, and it was nice to watch a Bellator, like, I know I have my issues with their matchmaking and let's face it, some of their events, um, well, how they push or don't push some of their fighters, but I feel like the card as a whole was pretty fun. I actually really enjoyed it and it's not often that I say that about a Bellator card, so props to them for the matchmaking and, yeah, I feel like, inaba versus i'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce a opponent's name but i think it's probably one of the
0: one of the easier names there to pronounce mate christina katsikis it's not that difficult um yeah (laughs) inaba looked really good i know she's only two and oh and i know i feel like katsikis i think someone said this on twitter was pretty much put in there to get killed by an undefeated prospect yeah Yeah. um but i thought inaba looked really good she looked really well-rounded as I said, only 2-0, and oh, so we don't really know how good she is or will be yet. But um, yeah, could, my could, issue with that as well is to watch that, her.
1: what you just said as well about like people picking like the fact that she's kind of fodder or, or a journey woman or whatever. You look at any pro fighter in MMA or boxing for that matter and go through their first 10, 11 fights as a professional they will have had tune-up, step-up, warm-up fights because they need the round experience. Well, they don't need the round experience when it's such a dominant KO. But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we as fans hate on these prospects for for learning the tools of the trade against seasoned veterans and whatever. Yeah, let's just be pleased we're not
0: boxing. I hear what you're saying, mate. (laughs) Yeah,
1: like, come on go look at like Anthony Joshua's record or Tyson Fury's record. or well, Tommy like, Fury, mate. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, well, Tommy Fury, I'm yeah. pretty sure none of his opponents even
0: have a win. But um, yeah, yeah, it's... It's, yeah, I know what you mean. That does seem to be like, um, can't even think of the word. I'm really struggling to think of words today. That's great when you're recording a podcast. Um, That does seem to be like a narrative that it's a terrible thing when prospects get fed, you know, spoon-fed winnable fights. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so what? <laughs> like, why do don't to blink do?
1: an eye when it's on the regional circuit? So yeah. why should it be any different when she's two and zero and she's fighting on a bigger league? Like, baffles me to be honest. Right, we're going to talk about my favourite fighter on the Bellator roster. Go for it, mate. floor's yours. Well, to be honest, I, I actually, I, do you know, I'm going to start with the inter- the post fight interview because I thought she was brilliant. Bang on the money, basically saying that took the fight on short notice. All right, holds her hand up that she missed weight by three pounds or whatever, but. I felt like she, I kind of owned the moment. Like I, I don't it, like I think it was a Twitter exchange that I saw people like criticizing fighters for like, missing weight. We don't know what goes on in the background. and I'm someone who sometimes criticizes fighters, rightly or wrongly, for missing weight. But there's a difference between missing weight and failing to make weight. And I feel like Leah, with everything that was going on in her life, excuses or whatever, she just couldn't make the weight. And let's face it, in the first round, Janae Harding looked pretty damn good. Um, and yeah. that's not often that I say that about Janae Harding who let's face it doesn't have the prettiest of records but she did look pretty damn good
0: I don't know why but I thought you were going to say something really horrible and I thought you were going to say she doesn't have the prettiest of faces I don't know why <laughs> I thought that's where that sentence was going I was like whoa but yeah I'm glad you no, said she, records
1: 7 of 4 isn't she so not exactly great but again put it on her I, I feel like the gas tank of McCourt was kind of there for the taking mm-hmm. but the come from behind triangle I mean we always, well, from like IMAF to like her early days as a pro fighter, we've always known McCourt's got insane like jiu-jitsu skills. But that triangle choke was so slick and so, I mean, straight from the up kick, the up kick itself. I, was I like, thought she knocked her is. out with the up
0: kick. For there was a moment where she she face planted in such a way. I mean, I guess she didn't face plant, she just went in to you know get top position, but it looked like she face planted. I was like, Oh my god, up kick! I love an up kick knockout.
1: (laughs) I don't know about uh, you, but it felt like the actual up kick itself didn't seem particularly hard or powerful. I don't like in real time. I watched it back on uh, obviously on tape and whatever, but it didn't look like it was like a a fierce kick, it just kind of felt like it was like a, a prod. But I think yeah. it was the way that she caught her or the, the the point of the jaw that she caught her on that sort of, well, stunned her for a second. And that's obviously what then led to the, the triangle choke. But yeah, brilliant to come back. And I feel like McCourt will learn a lot from that performance that she's got like heart, she's got grit, she's got determination. And she's got the skills to pull a fight like where she wants it and, and pull a win out of the bag. So yeah, full credit to her. Great performance um in the end i can't wait to see her back I'm re- i I love watching Niamh Court fight i think she's great on the mic and if bella talk and build a start build it like obviously she's been on the commentary and whatever but if they can build her up maybe in like a couple of years time they could actually have a genuine contender to cyborg or or even their own like star in the making
0: yeah definitely um yeah, completely agree with everything you just said. To be honest, I got, I got nothing to add. You summed it up all so beautifully, mate. Um, someone, a, a Brit, you know, we're know we very biased towards British fighters on this podcast, I'm not even going to deny it. And um, someone who I was really expecting to put on a, a great performance, considering he was on a win streak in the UFC before he left for Bellator, was Brett Johns. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. He looked pretty terrible. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to butter it up. I'm sure he would admit that, too. I've not seen anything he said post fight, but that's probably what he said. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: he did on script, he's not right? much of
0: a bullshitter yeah, um, yeah I think was Danny Sabatello was he coming in off short notice as well
1: yeah yeah, that's what I alluded to earlier Yeah, I think he'd taken it on like a week so barely any preparation time yeah but, pretty big underdog wow. win
0: there and um, obviously disappointed with Brett Johns but I'm sure he'll be back um, now that he knows that you know people in Bellator actually do fight back um, <laughs> maybe he was just maybe he was a little bit complacent I don't know but um, yeah well uh We'll wrap it up, shall we? Um, no, no UFC card this weekend, unfortunately. Nothing to talk about. So next week we'll we'll check back in with our 2021 predictions that we did in January. I'm sure they will be absolutely shocking. Um, other than the Rob Font prediction, of course, which is spot on. Uh, <laughs> and uh, well, by that point, we will have seen the first episode of the Ultimate Fighter return as well. So you can talk for ages about how much you love Volkanovski.
1: Oh, I can't honestly. It's like two of my favorite featherweights as well. Because I I I'm a massive well let's not talk about Ortega because he's not in either of our good books but
0: because um... <laughs> <laughs> he's stolen Tracy Cortez is that why
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no I'm, I'm a massive a handsome fan devil I feel like again people were like crapping on this this pairing of this, the, the the two coaches but I feel like we could get like one of those golden seasons of tough like I, I feel like it's kind of like the not quite a McGregor um, Faber pairing yeah but it could kind of be like the Jones chail one, where they're like, there's a lot of mutual respect, but they kind of also rip each other at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like we're kind of leaning towards that vibe. But I think actually, Brendan Loughlin said that, earlier this week said to me that he's he's actually going to go train with Volkanovski because obviously they're both in mm-hmm. they're both in Vegas at the moment. Um, so he said that yeah, he said he's going to go out there and train. And I think he might imagine if Brendan Lotan is on tough. How Again, how crazy would that be if he's like? in the background I, I don't think it would happen for uh, contractual reasons but like yeah I doubt it's it pretty good. cool it's pretty cool that he's going out let's train with with volk anyway again i'm a massive volk stan come at me all you holloway boys
0: <laughs> That me that's me i'm the holloway stan you're talking straight to me um anyway we'll uh we'll leave it at that and we'll be back next week to revisit our 2021 ufc predictions peace